Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. Again, that is at SWAT Radio Talk. Well, today is Wednesday, and Doug McCary is back in the studio. I am, and it's good to be back. You guys did a fantastic job. I was so glad to be listening in while i was traveling and uh I, by the way i was not taking off i did take off from this but i was with my wife and uh one of our children had to have uh some some things done nothing uh earth shattering but we had some different appointments we had to go to and so i had to be out of studio and you and david gray and you and brad sykes appreciate so much uh y'all taking over and I listen to the callers. Thank you, you people up in Virginia who uh, listen and are so encouraging. Thank you for listening and appreciate that. You folks in Meridian, Mississippi on WMER, thank you for your emails and text. And the folks here in Jacksonville, we got to get you folks calling in more down here <laughs> in the the Sunshine State and up in Georgia. But uh, we're glad that uh, you guys are listening a lot going on. We, you know, if you look at 2020 as a whole, you thought that, okay, 2021's got to get better, right? But it just seems to continue on. Um, there is a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit right now being filed against the Department of Education. And the the essence of the lawsuit is that religious colleges and universities are now being targeted by this, uh, by pro-LGBTQ and whatever else you want to add to that, that is trying to uh, say that, you know, if they're getting Title IV funding, and and that includes colleges like Baylor University, uh, Liberty University, what that's saying, this class action suit is there's 33 or 34 students yeah 33 that, yeah that are suing to say hey you can't say that we can't be in a homosexual relationship and live in student housing your code of conduct that you have is hateful to us and should not be allowed now if you remember back when the supreme court ruled on Obergefell that you know, I think it was Alito uh, and maybe Alito and Thomas both warned this could happen mm-hmm. down the road. Uh, and now we're to the point where it is happening. And who knows what's going to be ruled on or how it's going to be impacted. But when you get people like and I, and I tried to comment through text to you guys about Dwayne Wade, because um, Mark, one of our listeners up in Virginia who who calls in quite a lot said that he sent me this video and it's Dwayne Wade, a very well-known prominent NBA player. 
and he's having a roundtable discussion with some other people. Uh, I don't know if they're all NBA guys, but they're talking because he has a transgender daughter. Uh, or son, or I, I don't know if it's a boy it's who a thinks it's a boy. I, it, I think it's yeah. a biological boy who says he's a yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't even know. <laughs> but, but he's talking about this transgender child in the relationship. And he makes statements in there that on the surface, you just sit back and you go, um, wow, you know, he's right. As a parent, you should support your child, and and as a parent, you should support that they can be whatever they want to be, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he says, and it sounds so good. But would you support your daughter to be a bank robber? No. So, so you can't say you're going to support her to be whatever she wants to be. Mm-hmm. We always have constraints on those things. That's That's a ridiculous statement. Yeah, on on the on the very surface of what he's saying there, but that's the argument, and and then he counters, not counters, but he he adds to that by saying so many of them commit suicide because they're bullied, because their parents don't support them, and so they throw that argument out there for you to stand for truth and to stand for what's right and what's God designed is wrong. Mm. That's the, that's the argument, and so you get a guy like Dwayne Wade, who is, you know, a, a beloved by a lot of people within the NBA and the basketball community. Even high schoolers, you know, they see mm-hmm. him, and that's a, he's very influential. And he says, "I will do everything to make sure my daughter can be whatever she wants to be." Well, I mean, that's just ludicrous because you you're not going to stand for her to be uh, a rapist. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, that's being ridiculous. Well, 30 years ago, people said it was ridiculous for somebody to think that they're one gender when they're biologically another. And by the way, CNN came out and said, you can't even determine at birth what the real gender yeah. is. Did you see mm-hmm. that headline? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you know, Dwayne Wade saying mm-hmm. that about, you know, you got to support your kid and whatever they do is kind of a way of passing the buck because like you said, there are things you would not want your kid to be and you wouldn't support your kid to be. So him supporting his child is a tacit exception of what they're doing. Like he accepts and affirms that, uh, that behavior. And so to say it like, Oh, you know, I just got to kind of support my kid and, you know, and pass it off as that. And he really needs to say, no, I believe this and stand by what he's doing by allowing his kid to do that. Instead of just kind of saying, Oh, it's just out of love. I'm trying to support the kid i didn't see the clip so i'm not really sure the complete context but then also to bring in um the the rate of suicide um that rate does not change um (laughs) if if you get surgery to reassign so you could say that there's more than just being affirmed going on and contributing to the the rates of suicide there you gotta look deeper into that and what used to be called a mental health issue you would expect to see higher rates of suicide well, in, in those fact, people. Well, in fact, over in Sweden, who has been very progressive and leading the way mm-hmm. in in the uh, transgender, even reassignment surgeries, they, they've they seen high suicide rates within that community, even beyond the surgery and, mm-hmm. and the transitions. And, and so 
the, the bottom line is when you start messing with God's design, you're asking for trouble. You're, you are. I mean, you're, you're going to get, uh, I mean, our world is broken. And one year I was sharing with you before the program, there was a Christian university that had a guest speaker come in at a chapel service. So here's the context. A Christian university that proposes to follow the Bible as its guide. Um, and you have a speaker coming into the chapel, which supposedly is to encourage the students from the Bible. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what chapel is for. And he was soft on the issue of LGBTQ. He mentioned it, but never got around to dealing with the sin yeah. of, you know, of those actions and, and, homosexuality and all those things. And so the uh, the uh, president got up to clarify that, listen, we're all sinners, and we need to understand whether it's this sin or that sin, we need to repent. And he went on and talked about what repentance really is, and they said, critics said, that's hate speech. To tell a homosexual they need to repent of their behavior is hate speech. That's where we're going, people. That's where we're headed yeah. as a country. And so if you're not prepared to stand on biblical truth, then you're going to be standing against biblical truth. There, there is no middle ground. Mm-hmm. You're not neutral. You're either standing for what God's word says, because what they're doing is saying you can't hate the sin and love the sinner. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So, because I told you, they they kind of made this ruling that you can't separate conduct from being, and that right there is what's really uh, dangerous about um, where we're headed. Um, because it's not because you know the the traditional thing is well, you know, at a Christian school, we have these people who are bisexual or, or, or uh, excuse me, homosexual or whatnot here, but we have a code of conduct that you must live by. And so now they're saying, well, that is not right in that you can't impose a code of conduct on students because our conduct is who we are. And so with that in play, it'll be interesting to see what the courts, how they go about it, um, because, you know, that's a dangerous, slippery slope. And if that gets uh, goes against the Christian favor, um, you know, you're going to see that in uh, K through 12s and all over. You're going to yeah. see it in all schools. That's why they're suing the Department of Education. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think we got a caller. I know we're almost against the break, but uh, is it Dill? Yeah. Dill? Yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, how you doing, Doug? Where, where are you calling from? Um, Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah. So, what's your question or comment? Yeah, is when you had um, the guys on last Thursday didn't get a chance to call in. Um, but you actually, I sent you a question, and you a- actually asked him the question. Um, Dale Harrison, when he was talking about envy, said envy was once one of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. But now envy has a new name, social justice. And, and you agreed with that. So is that to say that anyone who fights for social justice is just envious? What, the way Daryl said it was that it was blacks being envious of whites. And that's what social justice is. And, mm. and the first time you said that back in June, you agreed with that. Is that a statement that you agree with? Yeah, I, I yeah, we, we got to go to break. But I when we come back from the break, Gil, I will go into that a little bit. And I'm happy 
to uh, to address that because I believe that social justice, as defined by uh, Black Lives Matter and even social justice warriors in the U.S., is very different from biblical justice. But we're going to talk about that when we come back. Thanks for the question. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ church. They use published works to teach God's word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. That is Rescuer by Wren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we have Dill on the line. He asked a question about um, our, was it last week or the week before, where we had Daryl Harris and... Uh, yeah, we had Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, and the question has to deal with envy because they said the new name for envy is social justice. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, the, you know, uh, uh, one of our previous guests is a guy named Vody Bauckham, who's a, a preacher that I really have a lot of respect for. I've known him for a long time, and he's always been very biblical, which I think uh, Daryl and Virgil are as well. Um, but Vody spoke out about the difference really between social justice and biblical justice, and there's a difference. And, you know, when God is a just God, God wants to see justice. And, you know, Psalm says, for the Lord's righteous, he loves justice. He loves it. He wants it. But the idea of social justice in our culture has kind of been defined differently than I think biblical justice. And I want to point out kind of what uh, Vody, uh, the way he described it, because he does it, he does such a good job. So this is a quote, right? The Bible defines justice in two main ways. The first carries a tone of retribution in which someone who commits sin or wrongdoing is punished for their deeds, right? That's mm-hmm. that's uh, ret- retributive justice, basically. But the second is restorative justice, which those who were unrightfully hurt or wronged are restored and given back what was taken from them. 
It focuses on restoring to individuals what has been unfairly taken from them, helps them rise out of their bondage. So, in other words, if an orphan has no family, then biblical justice would seek to give that child a home. That's why the Bible is full of examples of God commanding his people, what, to take care of the orphan. Mm -hmm. Okay, if someone was robbed, the focus would be on restoring that needs and sometimes fourfold to to take care of that. So the the justice in the Bible doesn't care about ethnicity, racial background, status in life. If you have a need and seek help, if you're in need of justice, God provides it. That's biblical justice. And you know, uh ultimately if you look at the life and person of Jesus Christ who healed the sick, he defended the weak, he gave his life. In fact, that's what we're celebrating Easter week. We celebrate his death and resurrection to pay for our sins. And he freed us from our oppression of sin and death. He turned no one away based on their ethnicity or their or their background or their economic level. Um, he showed love to all equally, right? Mm-hmm. Social justice, however, uh, contradicts the meaning of biblical justice because it seeks to redistribute resources and advantage to the disadvantage to achieve a social and economic equality or equity. Really, equity is a better word. Equality means that we all have equal value. Mm -hmm. Equity means we all have the same outcome. Mm -hmm. There's no, God does not intend for us to all have the same material outcome you don't see that in scripture um but we are to be equally valued but there's inequity there's inequity in every family Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the firstborn are you the firstborn yeah okay you think you had it harder than everybody (laughs) else right yeah but you got more of your mom and dad than anybody else yeah longer Mm -hmm. there's inequity based on this everybody in your family doesn't have the same skills they don't have the same abilities but 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 what social justice is is to make sure that there's equal outcome and i don't know if you saw it but up in virginia the school system said that if you speak out against equity Mm -hmm. then you are to be terminated that's what they want they want to turn just for talking about that because that's outcome based that doesn't work it doesn't work it's not the way it was designed to work Uh, we are to be equal in value but not in outcome that's that's just not the way life works and also you know going back to uh dill's question and and to the from what i heard because i listened to uh that thursday uh, they were talking, and, and and when I was hearing them talking about the intellectual underpinnings of uh, CRT and social justice and uh, some of that things, and that that the the intellectual underpinnings of that were on uh, uh, envy, mm-hmm. right? And so that that's kind of where I was going. I don't think he, they were necessarily talking about individual people because you know people can be taken astray or thinking that they're standing for something that they're not. And I don't think also that they were talking about black people being envious of white people because there's plenty of white people who fall into uh, the CRT way of thinking yeah. uh, as well. It's more holistically, if you look at critical race theory with critical theory in general, it's more of a haves, 
have nots. Well, exactly. It, it pits people groups against each mm-hmm. other, instills jealousy in the oppressed, mm-hmm. okay, by uh, against the oppressors, and it creates kind of a victim mentality um, and, and forces them to look and blame others, um, while biblical justice unites and uplifts people social justice tends to tear down and creates division the the second problem with social justice is it surrenders more power to the government i mean by its nature here's and Bodie bacham said this he said social justice seeks to find out who is to blame for unequal outcome whether it's academic economic or politically and then there's a need to be a redistribution of power and resources to address that. And yeah, but with the guys on the radio, they weren't going into any of that type of detail. In fact, the quote that he made from from Thomas Sowell, Thomas Sowell made that quote in 2017. So that was before Black Lives Matter. He wasn't referencing that wasn't before Black Lives um, Matter. Know, Black Lives Matter has been around Sowell, as an organization, but since before 2017. Okay, but when Thomas Sowell made the quote, he was in his quote, and the guys last week were not mm-hmm. referencing Black Lives Matter. He was just saying that, in, that, that that it is now a new evil. He said that envy was one of the seven deadly, one of the seven sins, and now envy is social justice. In other words, he's saying that, that social justice is now one of the evils. And I was wondering that, well, if you go back to the American Revolution, um, they were fighting for equal representation. That was a social justice movement. No, they, no, were no. Were they wrong or that's were they wrong. envious for doing that? that that's, that's, okay, uh, well, let's, okay, well, let's, 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 let's go here. Let's go with the, you know, with the women's rights or the civil rights movement. Now, if someone that was advising Martin Luther King in 1956, they say, hey, this Rosa Parks woman wasn't allowed to be on the front of the bus. Well, you should just be satisfied with your lot and wait for Jesus to come where he will make things right. In fact, Daryl has said that on your show. Mm. He has said that, and I quote him, yeah, I heard, not this past week, but before, he has said, don't worry about not being treated fairly. Jesus will make things right when he comes. That was his quote. That's what he was saying. Well, here, here is the problem, Gil. People who don't have a biblical sense of justice look for an anti-biblical solution to the problem of injustice. And it always leads to more problems. That's the problem. Social justice, that by people's own definition, who are the ones who are leading those movements, if you go back and you read, whether it's White Fragility or How to Be Anti-Racist by Kendi, in those books, what they do, their definitions are, are not biblical viewpoints. They're, they're not from the Bible. In fact, they're the not whole, even historical. The, yeah, the whole parable of the the talents would be a, a would be a it would be a, a a social justice problem because it's not equity based. Mm-hmm. And so our, our what I think Daryl was saying is our world is full of injustice. It's always going to be until Christ comes and restores His kingdom. So when we see injustice. To anybody, we should respond. We should. I mean, no. every Christian should, if they see an injustice, they should want to see justice there. But the truth of the matter is, we all 
we all are in need of mercy mm-hmm. because if we really saw justice the, the way God should give it, none of us would be on the earth. He'd wipe us all out. Yeah. And, you know, the way, he, the way you're explaining it and the way he explained it, it's totally different. He was not going into all of that. Well, did you he listen to his saying that anyone? Yeah, I listened to it again. And I listened to it uh, when he said it. Did you listen to his three hour, his three hour uh, podcast on critical race theory? Did you listen to that whole three hour? I I, I listened to, I listened to the interview last week and I'm just pretty much talking about what he said on your show and how he was explaining it. And so it was pretty, so I'm wondering where he made it sound because he did not explain himself nearly the way you are, but he was saying that any social justice movement and, and he was talking about African-Americans in particular. It's based on jealousy, well, based on what whites have. That's, that is what he said. Now, you're cleaning it up and saying, well, what I think he really meant was this. But that is not what he said. He said it, did he say, he said it twice. Okay. Well, not, well I've talked like about During I've, the abolitionist movement, during slavery, that slaves should have just, just stayed that, in no, your no, place. You're, you are wrong there. Uh, uh, you, you, look, listen, you're talking about social justice, and you have an idea of social justice that is, dis, that is not the same um, as biblical justice. And what you're talking about when you're talking about the American Revolution, when you're talking about the Civil Rights Act, uh, the, uh, the, excuse me, the Civil Rights Movement and the Civil War, you're talking about true biblical justice and real injustice that was happening there. When we're talking about social justice, that is a different thing that is taking the word justice and giving it a new meaning that does not stand for justice. It stands for trying to make things equitable. So there is a difference in terms there, and we have a different understanding of the meaning of these terms, and I think that's where the conflict is coming from. Um, we are up against the yeah, break. I have, yeah, I understand what you're saying, because I really don't see much of a difference between the civil rights movement fighting for the rights um, that other people have, and any much different than fighting for the rights for police to treat people Can you, not the way uh, George Floyd was treated. It seems like what they were fighting for in 56 or in 1770s. It's the same thing that they're talking about now. Now they're nope. making Hey, we got to go. We're we gotta, talking about doing different things. Hey, we got to go. I'm okay, sorry. Well, we got to catch Yeah. We, we got to go. We're up against the break. Um, you're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. SWAT Radio. That was Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. Um, if you are just joining us, we have been talking a little bit about the news of the day, what's been going on around the country, uh, having some calls, uh, great calls from uh, Gil, and we were talking a little bit about uh, the difference between justice and uh, uh, biblical justice and social justice and how um, the people who have, you know, like a 
people who advocate uh, critical race theory kind of came up with these um, terms, uh, used terms that we are familiar with, such as justice, and add a spin on it and say social justice to kind of mess with your mind. But there is a real difference in definition when we're talking about that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, one thing, I want to go back to something that I said earlier, that as image bearers of God, okay, as image bearers of God, if you, um, it, you know, if it, for especially if you are born again, I mean, even even as an image bearer, I think you're hardwired to it. But if you're born again, even more so, uh, we are uh, to value justice. When we see something that is unjust, it just rubs us the wrong way, right? Mm-hmm. And when we are wrong, when we see somebody else being wrong. We, we we get angry, and we should inside. It should frustrate us and cause us to, what's wrong? Our world is broken, no question about it. And what we want to see is people treated fairly. So when we see people treated unfairly, well, first of all, we have to determine who determines what's fair and not, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to... to um, just think about life in general. Um, who determines what's good, what's bad? If if you have no God, yeah. If God's not the moral authority, which He's not for most people in this mm-hmm. country now, He's not. Yeah. So who determines right and wrong? You know, when you talk about Judeo-Christian values, what you're talking about is biblically based values that have been a a bedrock of our country for a long time even though people weren't all followers of jesus even they didn't a lot of people they they like the values that were espoused so let's take god out of the equation if there's no god then who determines right and wrong is it is it the the most popular group uh, populist group i mean as far as like the numbers Mm -hmm. uh, the majority um, not based on our constitution of this country. Uh, if, is it the group that has control of the media? Apparently right now that's the case because what's going on right now in our country is the media, both whether it's Hollywood or news or wherever it is, social media, they control the narratives of vaccines, of masks, of COVID, of their idea of justice, mm-hmm. and the biblical values of justice are not being held up. It's the media-driven values of justice and social justice. That even that that whole idea. If you look again at the books White Fragility, and the, there's another other book by a guy named Kendi. Uh, called how to be an anti-racist those are the two most used resources for training the government people fortune 500 companies these authors are being paid 30 to forty thousand dollars a session to go in and train people Mm -hmm. and what they're training people in is their view of social justice which is equity outcome it's it's a 
It's and what you saw in Virginia is with the school board up there, they are saying uh, that if you don't believe in equity outcome, we don't want you teaching. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can't you can't even voice a disagreement against it, and that is nothing more than uh, than I mean, it's social justice is biblical injustice. Yeah, that's what it is because social justice is not about a universal standard of right and wrong. It is about what is right and wrong for one group is different for another group to make sure that the outcomes are the same. And that is not something that we as Christians can stand for. And that is not something that was stood for during the civil rights era. That was not something that was stood for during the civil war era. And that was not something that was stood for in the American revolution. But but here's the confusing thing. When you get guys like Tim Keller Mm -hmm. uh, and other people who are, um, you know, David what, Platt, David yeah. Platt, mm-hmm. and all these people who are stepping into weighing in and what uh, Virgil calls CRT light. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're doing it, it just adds to the confusion because on the surface it sounds good, like it appears that it kind of lines up with biblical justice because the goal of social justice is to ensure that oppressed groups are freed from oppression, and their needs are met. And that would sound like a, a very good biblical thing, right? Uh, except when you look at the words they use and the terms, um, it, it's like we were talking, what's that movie called? The pr- Princess Bride. The Princess Bride, where that guy says... You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yeah, yeah. no, I do... Yeah. I do not think it means what you think it means. Different words. And I, I'll use another example. The prosperity gospel. Mm. They use the same words that the the real gospel proclaimers use, but they have very different definitions of those words. This is why it's so dangerous. And I, I'm trying to get Vody to come on and give us an interview because Vody just came out with a book that I want to recommend because um, it's called Fault Lines. It's coming out this week, I Mm -hmm. think. Uh, It's called Fault Lines, the social justice movement and evangelicalism's looming catastrophe. I mean, so Michael Youssef, who's a pastor up in Atlanta, and Vody think these are huge, huge problems for the church. Um, because oh, big time. Oh, yeah, because you get guys like Russell Moore, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. um, Nine Marks, the Gospel Coalition, Together for the Gospel, all being being identified with critical social justice on one side of the line. Um, you know, um, it, it's, it's a big problem within the church, and a lot of people don't want to touch it because – it can lead to misunderstandings. And, and especially a lot of white people don't want to touch it because they're afraid of being called a racist because that's, you know, it's not about the the uh, validity of an idea. It's about who can be offended the most. And so, you know, I, you, me, I'm mixed. So, you know, obviously I'm like, oh, you're not really black by what I talk about. But it gives me, knowing who I am, I feel pretty free to say what I think and say how I think it instead of trying to couch it in a way that, Ooh, maybe this won't, you know, hurt. I just see this is the truth unfiltered. You know what I mean? And I think that we need to be willing to say things the way that they are. Well, well, listen, you know, according to Kelly Brown Douglas, uh, I'm racist, whether I believe I am or not. Mm -hmm. She, she said, 
or he said, I don't know if it's he or she. <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> names that you yeah. just don't know. Uh, but they wrote a book called The Black Christ, and in it, they say, it doesn't matter if we recognize it or not, we're racist because we're white. Insane. I mean, I mean that... That, that's already a predetermined. So, so in racist, the term that that has been a that, that's changed the definition. You know, uh, a racist is now someone who just you know the culture is racist. Why? Because oh, there's white people who benefit, but not that's not that they're, they're saying the claiming that there's indisparities in the way that people benefit, and that that means the structure is racist to its core. And you know, racist is now uh, hate plus power, and so the only way to be racist is if you have power. Um, and so that part of having power, just if you have power, that makes you racist on your face if you are white, which is, it's just absurd. It is not, it, it, there's no way to quantify it. And that just means that the structure, that means the society has to be completely collapsed, bulldozed and build something new out of, out of the ashes. And I don't think if we go down that road, we are not going to like what we see coming out of the ashes no uh, well um in his book Vody writes about this being a new religion the whole crt Mm -hmm. and um he says basically it's almost like a cult Mm -hmm. and he says it has many of the hallmarks of a cult including staying close enough to the bible or commandments in the bible Mm -hmm. to avoid immediate detection Mm -hmm. and hiding the fact it has a new theology a new glossary of terms that diverge ever so slightly mm. from the gospel. Yeah. Um, but he says it comes with its own cosmology. Uh, original sin is racism. And whiteness. Yeah, uh, racism, uh, yeah. The law is anti-racism. The gospel is racial reconciliation. Um, the martyrs of it, he says, are Trevon Martin, uh, Mike, uh, Michael Brown, Michael Brown, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the priest or the oppressed minorities. This is Bodie mm-hmm. Bacham saying this. By the way, Bodie grew up in a very tough part of L.A., and he's even got a chapter in his book called The Black Man, mm-hmm. and he talks about his own life. Um, means of atonement, reparations, new birth is wokeness, uh, liturgy, lament. Um, the canon is uh, social justice, social science. And the theologians are D'Angelo, Kendi, Brown, Crenshaw, and and the catechism is say their names. Hmm. I mean, he just lays all that out. And so, um, and again, Vody Bauckham has been faithfully preaching the gospel long before CRT came on the scene. He has been about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciate. I mean, this is a man who left America to go train pastors in Africa with the gospel and start churches over there and teach good theology. Mm -hmm. So he is speaking to this because he sees it as a real problem. And I appreciate the fact that he, he is doing it. He is already catching a lot of grief. In fact, he was banned on Twitter for, for this, for talking about this stuff. Yeah. More and more people are getting banned off Twitter, off of Facebook, off of YouTube. Um, And I would say that, that is proof that uh, the counter to what they have to say isn't robust enough. And so they just feel like we need to 
we need to shut them up before people start to hear the truth and be persuaded. Uh, we are up against the break, so we'll be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville. 91.9 in St. Augustine and 91.3 in Folkston, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without. That is Freedom Hymn by Austin Trench. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, Doug McCary is back in the studio after being absent Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are talking about uh, the supremacy of God, uh, the of Christ, uh, Jesus, the, the way, the truth, and the life um, for this Easter week. That's why we're talking about that. Although most of the program, we have talked a little bit about culture issues and what's been going on but, in the but culture. But again, this goes back to... Uh, you 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 can't segment out Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know when you start talking about the gospel, um, the, there there is no social gospel. Yeah. It is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And and when you start making other things, um, you know. Uh, and by the way, if you're listening, you can uh, you you can uh, write write in to ask at SWATradio.com. If you want, or you can call in 844-777-7928 if you want to join us talking about this. But the gospel is that Jesus is the only name by which men are saved. Mm -hmm. The only name. And it's the fact that he died for us that gives us an ability to come before God's presence and intercede. And as believers... We absolutely should hurt when we see somebody with the image of God mistreated. It should cause us to hurt. But there were plenty of people that were mistreated in Jesus' day. 
He did not talk about equity. Mm-hmm. He ne- he did not talk about equity. He talked about his kingdom. And 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 so specifically, I know that people in our culture are going to do what they do. They're going to raise issues. If our culture goes communism, it could go that way. It could go socialist. But the church has to hold true to the gospel. Yeah, and I think that's what Daryl was saying when he said that about um, about Christ. Uh, he wasn't saying, oh, we should just not care about this, but what does it matter if um, you know someone is no longer oppressed or is oppressed if they never accept Christ? I think that's what he was saying, and I think he was saying that the church needs to be about getting people to be saved rather than you know free from uh, worldly oppression because if 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 at the end of the day when your clock runs out you don't know Jesus it it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor you're going to the same place and that's not where we want people to be and if the church stops talking about that and stops trying to bring sinners to repentance it it's lost its mission yeah well Jesus didn't die so we could all have the same outcome mm-hmm. material he did not he he did not address that he addressed our sin nature mm-hmm. and for the church to be moving away from the biblical gospel to talk about a social gospel to move away from biblical justice to talk about social justice they're allowing the world to direct their agenda is what's happening and that's a problem and listen uh, i so appreciate gil calling gil and i've had lots of good discussions i love gil and he is a good brother in the lord and he, he makes me think a lot about different ideas and different things and we go back and forth and we encourage that listen you don't have to agree call in and we can talk about these issues but we we but we do have to come at things from the same perspective of the bible if because understand that's where i'm trying to address the issues with the bible being my authority and the what the bible defines justice to be versus what our culture defines justice because again i go back to if you look at the the evangelist of social justice and that being um What's her name? The the lady who wrote the book White Fragility, or Kendi, How to Be an Anti Racist. These people are not putting out biblically based values. Mm-mm. That that's not their intent. And these are the things that are driving a lot of the um, so the head of the social justice movement. Well, yeah, and Kendi he explicitly said just recently that to be an anti racist is to reject savior theology mm-hmm. in 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 favor of liberation theology and to reject savior theology that and he says that um because to uh, to need christ is a is a racist uh a, a racist assertion to oppress people because you know people say jesus was white when obviously he wasn't but that's beside the point to 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 reject savior well, Jesus theology. was Middle Eastern. Yeah. I mean, he grew up in Jerusalem. But to reject savior theology, which is the the, the idea that we all need a savior in in favor of liberation theology, which is you know um, to say that oh we're going to free people here on earth now is that's not Christian. And yeah, you're right. And by the way, Jesus wasn't European either. 
I mean, he was Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, he has been wrongly painted at times as almost like he's a well, you know, European. Koreans paint Jesus as Korean. Black people <laughs> paint Jesus as black. That's I think that's part of just people wanting to relate to him. But then people take that like Kendi and say, oh, see, well, now... Uh, and and they, they, they set up a straw man to argue against because no real Christian is saying, oh, Jesus was white. You know, anyone who knows about the Bible and, and is intellectually honest. So they set up these straw men. And then because of that, they say, we're going to gut all theology, uh, you know, you know, that uh, that's been in the West. And we're going to move away from the theology of the Bible and go to this new liberation theology um, which, you know, is the anti-racist and what uh, uh, Bodie Bauckham has been talking about. Yeah, he has. Hey, I, I want to uh, uh, allow or talk talk just a second here at the end of the program. This Sunday, season two oh, yeah. of The Chosen yeah. comes. Uh, episode one will drop officially at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday Easter. Mm. If you have not watched The Chosen, uh, it is a it, I, I love it because I think it presents a um, an, an, a picture mm-hmm. of what life was like back then. They've tried to be pretty accurate uh, about the way things were based on biblical language and historical research. It is not it is not uh, the Holy Bible. Yeah, it is yeah. a. It is a TV series based upon the life of Jesus and his followers. And what's so great about it is you get to see a presentation of people that, you know, a lot of times uh, when people do movies about Jesus or the Gospels or whatever, Jesus is almost this uh, Mm -hmm. superficial theological figure. And this is... This you see a humanity side of Jesus that you don't always see in other movies mm-hmm. about him. And like the whole first episode, they set up you know um, Peter and and Matthew the care and they they do a good job of developing character uh, of of each of these people. And obviously, it's from a creative lens because you know we don't. Oh, it is, you, and you don't know. And people go, well, well, that's not right. They don't know that. And no, we don't know that Matthew was autistic, but could he be? He could have been. I mean, did they have people on the spectrum back then? Did they have a psychological diagnosis back then? No, they they didn't. But but how cool is it that they put Matthew on the spectrum and yet they made him human and mm-hmm. they create a tension that would have been there between Peter mm-hmm. and Matthew. Why? Because Matthew was a tax collector. Yeah. And so um, I I, I reached out to Dallas Jenkins. I'm hoping he'll come on the radio tomorrow with us for a few minutes. He may not. He he uh, he emailed me back and said he would. He he's swamped, but he 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 might try to do it. So I'm hoping we can get him on for a few minutes. But I posted the trailer for season two on the SWAT Radio uh, Facebook page, and I'm going to try to make sure we get it posted on our Twitter page. Uh, where you can see the trailer. The trailer's really good. They did a good job on the trailer just kind of depicting it. But they've got some great quotes from season one. One of them is, Jesus tells Peter, you better get used to different. <laughs> and and that's, that's a great quote because P- 
people have their mindset on what it's supposed to be like. And the apostles did, too. You know, the 12 disciples that followed him. And uh, so, anyway, I think it's a, it's very well done. Yeah. You, you get sucked into watching mm-hmm. it. And the whole reason Dallas Jenkins wanted to do it was he said people binge watch a lot of different things on TV. And I thought, why can't they binge Jesus? Yeah. In fact, he's even got shirts on their site that say binge <laughs> Jesus so you can do that. But they have been a grassroots-supported television pretty cool uh thing and so it's called the chosen and again uh you can go uh you can get their app for free just go to the app store and put the chosen in you get it and if you have roku fire stick or anything like that you can stream it right under your tv and uh, they're doing a live stream this week through the app of seasons, they did season season one episodes one and two last night. They're going to do three and four tonight, mm. uh, four and five, and then on. But uh, yeah, the chosen it, it, it season two premieres uh, on April fourth at eight p.m. and uh, you definitely want to catch it. And uh, you know it is Easter week, and um, I uh, am so grateful for Christ. I was reading this morning and just thinking about what he went through and um you know um just oh okay dallas jenkins just emailed said that uh he's gonna do it tomorrow so he'll make it work so uh, you might want to tune in tomorrow and uh we'll have dallas jenkins on here tomorrow on SWAT Radio. How cool is that? Yeah, the that's d- writer, awesome. director for the Jink. He just emailed me. So I uh, hope you'll tune in tomorrow and yeah. we'll have Dallas on for SWAT Radio to talk about the the premiere this yeah. Sunday. Yeah, so make sure you tune in tomorrow. I didn't get the chance to say it earlier, but thanks to all of our listeners who listen uh, out across the uh, internet. Uh, I've been trying to add you guys into uh, our shout out, so I forgot to do that earlier. But you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a nice day. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual.